The Lost Continent, Prologue, about 2,000 years ago. If you are flying directly into a hurricane, it's probably useful to be a dragon who can see the future. Then again, if you are a dragon who can see the future, you are most likely too smart to fly directly into a hurricane. And yet, according to Clearside's visions, that was exactly what she needed to do. She shook out her black wings, which were already tired from how far she'd flown all morning and the day before. Her talons clung to the slippery, slippery, wet rock below her. Her scales felt itchy with salt from the ocean spray. Above her, the sun peeked wearily through the cracks in the dull gray clouds. She closed her eyes, tracing the future paths ahead of her. In one direction, south and a little east, there was a small island with a warm, sandy beach. Two coconut palms nodded toward each other, and there would be lazy tiger sharks to eat. The hurricane would pass it by completely. If she went there, Clear Sight could rest, eat, and sleep in safety. Then she could continue on in two days after the storm was over. But in the other direction, a long flight west and slightly north, the lost continent was waiting for her. She knew it was real now. When she left Pyria to find it, she half expected to fly all the way around the world and end up back on Pyria's other coast. No one was sure another continent even existed. And if it did, everyone knew it was too far away to fly to, and any dragon would tire, fall into the sea, and drown before reaching it. But Clear Sight wasn't any dragon. She had something no one else did, the ability to carefully trace the paths of multiple possible futures. Standing on the edge of Pyria, she could see which direction would take her to an island where she could rest, and then the next day to another island. Shifting her course slightly each day, guided by her visions, she had found a trail of small islands to take her safely across the ocean. A gust of wind roared over her, splattering a handful of raindrops onto her head. The hurricane was almost upon her. If she didn't leave right now, Dragons on the Lost Continent would die. Dragons who might one day be her friends if she saved them. Dragons who had no idea what was bearing down on them because there was no one there to warn them. Yet. Clearsight took a deep breath, vaulted into the sky, and pointed herself west. Her mind immediately started flashing through all the ways she could die in the next two days. This was why she hated flying in storms. They were too unpredictable. The smallest twitch of the wind in the wrong direction could send her plummeting to the rocks below or drive a stray palm branch into her heart. Don't think about that. Think about the dragons who need you. The other vision was fading, the one where she'd flew southwest, southeast and hid. In that one, She'd arrive on the lost continent in the hurricane's aftermath.
The images of devastation and dead bodies would be hard to shake off, even if she prevented them in reality. Will they believe me? Will they listen to me? In some of her visions, they did. In some, they didn't. All she could do was fly her hardest and hope. The hurricane fought at her every wing beat, as if it knew she was trying to snatch victims from its claws. Rain battered on her ferociously. She felt like she'd been, she'd be driven into the endless sea at any moment. And maybe she'd drown up here in the water wa- waterlogged sky. But this was only the outer edge of the storm. There was far worse still to come. Clearsight was trying to reach land before the really terrible fury behind her did. She couldn't stop, couldn't slow down for a moment. At one point, she glanced back and saw a spout of water sucked into the air. In the middle of it, an orca flailed desperately before the storm flung it away. A while later, after the sun had apparently been swallowed for good, Clearsight saw a whole hut fly by her, then splinter apart. She had to duck quickly to a lower air current to avoid the debris. Where had it come from? Who had lived in it? She would never know, her visions told her. And then, when Clearsight was beginning to lose all feeling in her wings, she saw a shape loom out of the clouds ahead. A cliff. Land. A lot of land. A whole continent, in fact. She canted her wings and soared toward the top of it, where she could see a never-ending line of trees tossing violently in the wind. The hurricane made one more effort to throw her back into the sea, but she fought with her last reserves until she felt the earth beneath her talons. She collapsed forward, clutching the wet soil for a moment, grateful to be alive. Keep going. They're not safe yet. Clearsight pushed herself up and faced the trees. They were coming. The first two dragons she would meet in this strange new world. What would it be like to face unfamiliar tribes, completely different from the ones she knew? There wouldn't be any night wings like her here. No sand dragons, no sea dragons, no ice dragons. She'd glimpsed what these new dragons would look like, but she didn't know anything about their tribes or whether they would trust her. They stepped out of the trees, eyeing her with wary curiosity. Oh, they're beautiful, she thought. One was dark forest green, the color of all the trees around them. His wings curved gracefully like long leaves on either side of him, and mahogany brown underscales glinted from his chest. But it was the other one who took Clearsight's breath away. His scales were iridescent gold layered over metallic rose and blue, shimmering through the rain. He outshined even the rain wings she'd occasionally seen in the marketplace, and those were the most beautiful dragons in Pyria. Not only that, but his wings were startlingly weird. There were four of them instead of two. A second pair at the back overlapped the front ones, tilting and dipping at slightly different angles from the first pair to give the dragons extra agility in the air. Like dragonflies, she realized, remembering 
the delicate insects darting across the ponds in the mountain meadows, or butterflies, or beetles. She sat up and spread her wings to show that she was harmless. Hello, she said in her very least threatening voice. The green one circled her slowly. The iridescent one sat down and gave her a small smile. She smiled back, although her heart was pounding. She knew she had to wait for them to make the first move. Leave from me too, said the green dragon finally in a deep, calm voice. Wayru, take a deep breath. You knew it would be like this at first. My name is Clearsight, I, she said, touching her forehead. I am from far over the sea. She pointed at the churning ocean, oceans stretching way off in, to the east behind her. Anyone speak dragon? The two strangers exchanged surprised glances. The old language, said the shimmering dragon, awkwardly and slowly, as if pulling words from his memory bit by bit. You do know it, clear sight, said, hope darting through her veins. Some little, he said, much old. He smiled again. The green dragon said something in their own language and nodded at the ocean. The other answered, and they spoke for a few moments. If they had been a pair of night wings, Clearsight would have guessed they were arguing, but their tone was so peaceful that she couldn't really tell. The old language. I wonder if their continent and ours had more contact in the past. Maybe we will again in the future. I can teach them all dragon, especially if some of them already know it. That way, if any more Pyrians ever come this way, they could communicate. It was hard to imagine other dragons making the journey she'd just made, though. It was so far and depended on finding, finding those small islands in such a vast sea. May, but maybe she could help with that. Not soon, though. Not while I feel any temptation to wake Darkstalker. I can't go back to Pyria until I've forgotten him. So probably never. Why are you here down? The pink, the gold pink dragon asked her. There's a really bad storm coming, she said as clearly as she could. Very bad. He spread his wings and looked up, smiling and to the raindrops. See that, he said with a shrug. No, she shook her head. I see, she pointed to her head. I see the future, tomorrow and tomorrow and the next day. I see all the days. This storm kills many dragons. She waved her talons at the dripping forest around him. Rips up many, many trees. Both dragons were frowning. Tree harm? growled the green dragon. Twig heart loss, lots splinter fall? But you can save them, Clearsight pressed on. The visions were crowding into her head. She was running out of time. 
She couldn't be diplomatic and patient any longer. We have to move everyone, all the dragons, far, far inland, as far as they can fly, right now and wait there until the storm is over. She turned to the metallic dragon, her talons clasped together. Please save them. The moment teetered, two paths wavering possible. Finally, the shimmering dragon nodded. Move all. We will do. He said something in their language to the green dragon, who nodded as well. The relief hit clear sight so hard, she nearly had to lie down again. But the dragons beckoned her to follow them. And they all took off, flying cautiously through the storm-tossed treetops. Dragons appeared between the leaves as she swept through the forest with her two companions. All of them watching her with startled curiosity. Most of them were dark green and brown, leaf-shaped wings. That's their name in dragon, she realized from a new cascade of visions. Leaf wings. But about a quarter of them were from the other tribe, the one Clearsight didn't have a name for yet. And those glittered like jewels on branches, gold and blue and purple and orange and every color of the rainbow. She saw a tiny lavender dragonette clinging to a branch, and for a moment, Clearsight was alarmed to see that she didn't have any wings. Then she spotted little wing buds on the dragon's back and remembered or foresaw or remembered foreseen. The glittering tribe grew their wings a few years after hatching, growing up wingless. That must be so strange. Clearsight's mind flashed to that other vision of the horrible one, where this dragonette had been one of the many bodies in the hurricane wreckage. But instead, tomorrow the little dragon would wake up and chase butterflies in the sunlight, complaining that she wanted blackberries for breakfast. I saved her. I did something right. The green dragon called out in a booming voice like a bell tolling. Whatever he said, the dragons around them repeated it, passing it along. Clear sight could hear the echoes of other dragon voices rolling through the forest. She felt the drumming wing beats behind her as both tribes rose into the air and followed them to safety. You save us, said the shimmering dragon, looping around to fly beside Clearsight. He smiled at her again. You safe now, too. Maybe I am, she thought. I stopped Darkstalker. I saved Fathom and the Nightwings and my parents. And now... I found a new home with new dragons to save. I can help them with my visions. I can do everything right this time. New futures exploded in her mind. She might marry this kind, funny dragon whose name would turn out to be Sunstreak, or she could end up with the dragon she'd meet in three days while helping to clean up the forest, whose gentle eyes were nothing like Darkstalker's. She could move in with an affable, very old leafling named Maple, who spoke the old language. Or she could find her own 
tree hollow to live in. Or she could explore the new continent first, then come back here to build a home. And there would be dragonettes if she wanted them. Clear sight. Felt a sudden dizzying rush of love for dragons who weren't even eggs yet. Little jewel and whip smart tortoise shell. Any cuddly orange. Who names their dragonette orange? Sunstreak, apparently. They might have, have to have some conversations about that plan. And, Commod and Commodore, the king of giggles. She would always myth the dragonettes she should have had with Darkstalker. But she would love the ones that were coming with all her heart. And nothing bad would happen ever, ever to them happen to them. They would all live the longest, happiest lives because she would be here, tracking their paths, keeping them safe. She would get it right this time. Your root place, Sunstreak said, gently interrupting her thought. Where? She pointed out back at sea. Pyria, she waved at her claws. She waved her claws at the continent around them. This? Where? She asked. He smiled again. Pantala, he said slowly and clearly, with evident pride. Pantala, she echoed back. The lost continent is real, and it has a name, and it's my home now. Pantala, here I am.